0: Hi guys, it's Alexander Girard and welcome to another episode of Proud to be Out. And today we've got all the way from Toronto, Canada, Michael Diorio. And Michael, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
1: Thank you so much, Alexander. Great to be here. How are you doing? How is Toronto? I'm, I'm doing well. It's a very hot day here. Uh, you know, many people don't think Canada gets hot, but in the summertime, it's very, very warm and humid. So I'm it's enjoying a nice stay in the air conditioning today.
0: Great, great. So sunny, it's summer up there. Oh, are yes. you still in, 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 um, in lockdown or how, how, is, how are things going there?
1: No, well, we're in Toronto, so it's a bigger city, which means we're going out a bit later. But no, we're the only things that are closed now are gyms, obviously bars and clubs. Mm-hmm. But we can go to restaurants, we can go sit on patios, we can go to parks. So it's, it's getting there. We're almost out. It's like the
0: same as in Amsterdam. We, we, can do, uh, we can do some things now, only partying is not there yet.
1: Exactly. Hopefully it yeah. will be
0: there soon. Yeah. Same. So welcome, uh, welcome on the show. Um, we met each other via Instagram and I found out you are a certified gay life and wellness coach uh, who founded Wellismo in 2019. That's right. Perfect and um, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious uh, about you, about your values and uh, what Wellismo stands for.
1: Great. Well, I'm I'm so happy that you found me. And that is the power of Instagram and social media for good, right?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So Wellismo for me was uh, started as a blog, Uh, as you said, in 2019. I have always been really keen in writing, but my job didn't really allow for too much of my uh, love of creative writing to get into my job. So I decided to start a blog about wellness topics specifically for gay men. Mm-hmm. And the reason I chose that is because living in the big city in Toronto where we have a lot of gay men and women and a lot of uh, typical gay culture, including nightclubs, bars, obviously lots of dating and hooking up um, and all that fun stuff, there wasn't much of a voice that I found that spoke about wellness topics, meaning mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, evolution of, of sort of going from an emotional maturity, like into emotional adulthood, mm-hmm. personal growth, personal development, spirituality. And I wanted to talk about all these topics specifically from the lens of a gay man. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, most of the books I read are very, um, they're very nice, but they don't have the same kind of lens or language that we do as gay men. So that's, that's the reason I started the blog.
0: But because what did you miss in those, in those blogs or books?
1: Well, I think for me, be, being part of the gay community, there's, there's a lot of focus on sex, dating, appearances, mm-hmm. um, and all that good stuff. So it was, I was learning about uh, mindfulness and personal development and spirituality from you know, the great teachers, um, but I, was, I wanted to apply it in, in the, my world. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that meant, okay. well, how do we talk about uh, mindfulness and spirituality when you're, you know, uh, someone who likes to go on a lot of dates and is hooking up regularly and is single and enjoying all of the benefits of living in the big gay city?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you you help gay men uh, nowadays to live a more empowered and purposeful life. Um, what was the moment when you realized you needed to help this specific group of men?
1: Yeah, so the blog started off as a wellness blog. As, as I said, there wasn't much of a voice talking about this stuff. And then the blog was doing actually really well. And a lot of people gave me feedback saying, we really need more of this conversation in the community. And so I started getting a lot of requests from people to chat and talk. And I've always been someone who was... Um, very much into inspiring your own growth. Mm-hmm. And so I got my wellness coach, wellness and life coach certification um, starting in 2019, and I finished in 2020 at the beginning of the year. And so I now work directly with people and I take them through programs that are designed to increase their self confidence, to increase their sense of empowerment, to find their purpose, and to live a life of much more. Passion, and what I what I really wanted to make sure was that people know that they can do this and not have to give up the things that they that they want. Right, so mm-hmm. I'm still a very active gay man doing very gay things in the gay city, <laughs> but I'm also very mindful of why I'm doing what I'm doing, yes. and you know whether it's whether it's aligned with my values um, mm-hmm. or whether it's not. Because previously, I would do things. Um, out of maybe a more unconscious point of view, meaning I was doing things for to fit in or for validation or to feel better, but at the end of the day, they weren't making me feel very good, they in fact were making me feel worse. Yes. So, I now want to help people kind of do the same thing, exactly.
0: Exactly. And when, um, uh, c- can you give me a more insight or more an example when somebody is uh, coming to you, where are they? Uh, in, at what point are they in their lives and where are you helping them to go? Um, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, totally. So I would say most of the clients that I'm finding these days are in their 30s, they're mm-hmm. gay, and they're single.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, not all of them, of course, there's some that fall out of that, but a lot of them are, are at the same point that I was maybe five years ago or so, yeah. where you're coming to that stage Because where you're, you're 37, right? Yes, I I just turned thirty-seven in May. Okay, okay. And so they're coming sort of from this place of there must be more to life than this. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So you know. And if you say say,
0: if you say this, you mean um, hooking up regularly, uh, going to the gym to look to look fit and look nice, or what? What do you especially mean with, with with fit in?
1: Yes. So exactly those two things. So after I would say, you know, you're in your thirties, especially uh-huh. once you get to the mid thirties, even whether you're in a relationship or not, I think what I've noticed is a lot of gay men start to ask themselves, you know, what, what else is there? Like, is this all there is to life? Is it the constant partying, um, you know, sex, going to the gym to find the abs or going on all the luxurious vacations and posting all the selfies, Like eventually people will realize that all the things that they think are making them happy don't actually make them happy. They, in fact, yeah. make them feel worse.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and why do you think that the group who is coming to you Um, is most of the time gay single men in the beginning of their 30s? Why is it not in the beginning of their 20s or in the beginning of their 40s? Why why do you think the the beginning of the 30s people are starting to realize they want something else?
1: Um, I think that it's more of the trajectory. So, you know, someone like when I was in my 20s, I had just moved to Toronto and uh, I was loving... As for me I, was in a, I grew up in the suburbs, and so when I made it to the big city, I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's thousands, literally thousands of other gay men like me who like the same things as me, who like to have sex with me, who like to go to the same parties and the same music. So I think for a few years, it's good to want to be part of that community because you know you feel like you found your tribe." Mm-hmm. And so I think though, after a certain amount of time in that, by the '30s, let's say, for for most people, they start to question. Okay, now what?
0: Exactly. Like they 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 experienced in the experienced in their in their in their '20s, and they now realize I'm getting older. And when I look around me, outside of my uh, gay community, I see people getting relationships and genuine relationships, and. Um, why do, you, why do you think it is, it's, it's getting harder and harder for gay men to get into genuine relationships and to build up genuine
1: relationships? Oh, that is such a good question, Alexander. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> um, okay, so I would, I would narrow down to a few things, right? So when, when we're growing up, and I'm going to speak directly to my experience because I know it mm, very well. Yes, and I know yes. that a lot of people have, have mentioned it's similar to them, but Mm -hmm. I will tell you my experience. Growing up gay, I mean, I knew that I was different. Even as a young child, I I knew that I wasn't like all the other boys. I didn't know that I was gay, but I knew that I didn't fit into the other boys. And somewhere along the journey um, in school, I learned what was acceptable behavior and what was not acceptable behavior as a man. And once I came to terms with my sexuality, I was maybe, let's see, 16, 17, 18. I came out to myself, even though I was terrified. And when I was 19, I finally came out to my best friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, all this to say that we, we learn, I think, at a young age to put away a lot of our needs and our authenticity. We learn how to hide our shame, and we learn how to hide the things that, were, that we want to be different. And so we become very good at wearing these social masks of who we think we need to be. And the funny thing is, once we become out, and once we come out of the closet, we think that it goes away. But really, all that happens, in my experience, is that we become part of a different community, the gay community, and then we learn how to still wear masks, but they're just different masks. So for me, mm-hmm. you know I found a lot of my confidence came from uh, or I shouldn't say confidence. My, my, my self-esteem and validation came from hooking up. I thought, OK, if people want to have sex with me, that means that I'm attractive. Mm-hmm. If people like me and, and message me on Grinder, it means that I'm attractive. And so we learned to get our self-worth and our self-esteem from the outside world. And what I teach is how to generate your own self-esteem and your own self-worth from being authentically you, not being someone who you you think the gay community wants you to be, which is, you know, the beautiful body and having, you know, money and all the nice clothes and a nice house and all this stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you say. So uh, what I find interesting um, is you are used to grow up with a mask and... When you come out and you 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 get to know your community, you in in, in the first case you have the feeling that you have lost your mask, but you are so used to it that you still uh, that you still have it on. You you. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I think I think we still look for we, we're still looking for acceptance from outside mm-hmm. of
0: us. Yes. Because
1: yeah. all we do is we we transfer that role to the gay community instead of from our family and, and school teachers and friends and, and of that age at least again, in my case, I found, okay, good. I found gay people. So now I need to fit into them. And I hear this a lot these days, especially from uh, people who don't necessarily fit into like the otter or a bear or a jock, or they don't really like partying. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, so just because I'm gay, does that mean I have to like dance music and go to clubs and mm-hmm. and, and do mm-hmm. drugs and go to parties? Mm-hmm. And they feel like they don't fit into the gay community because so much of our culture is based on these things.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, do you think there's something about loneliness in 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 that area that people cannot relate to the typical gay community?
1: Um, I think loneliness is very prevalent in the gay community, and I know there are there've been numerous studies done that kind of indicate that gay men are. Uh, disproportionately more lonely than our straight counterparts Uh Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with what connection means Hmm. and how we connect so again my example was I thought for a long time I was confusing connection with sex I thought the only way to connect with people was to you know, go out, go to a bar, find someone, go home with them, have sex with them, whatever, or a grinder. But I think what I've learned is that connection actually is about being vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. it's about showing people, you know, the right people who you trust, showing them who you really are. And a lot of the times who we really are is not who we put ourselves out there as. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, um, what I am wondering if I'm listening to your story is like, um, like many, many men who I'm, many gay men in their thirties who I speak to, um, do not have a general relationship, but are really looking for Mr. Right. Um, why do you think most of them are motivated to go for it? But, um, yeah, well, but they will let go easily after finding, um, yeah, after finding out his wrongs. Why do you think that, 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 that it's still not easy to, to build up relationships while so many gay men are looking for genuine and real relationships?
1: I think at the end of the day, that's another good question. These are great questions you have. Um, at the end of the day, I think it really boils down to people not knowing themselves. Mm -hmm. and not knowing that there are many different ways to connect or even Mm -hmm. how to connect. So what I always will tell people is you have to know who you are, first Mm -hmm. of all. Before you even start dating, you have to know who you are, which means you have to know what your personal values are. Okay. And then you have to ask yourself, what emotional needs do you want met from a relationship? Mm -hmm. And then from there, Mm -hmm. you can start putting together the list of what you want from a partner. So I think what happens is we see, you know, on Instagram or social media, happy couples. And of course we want that because it's very natural to want to be loved and to want to be intimate and to want to build a life that's human nature. I think with, with gay men, we just go about it not in the right way. And don't forget, I would like to also note that this happens in the straight world too Mm -hmm. but my experience is is specifically with gay men and a lot of the times we go we want a relationship without really understanding who we are or why we want this relationship
0: yeah yeah so what is your advice to those who really looking for a genuine relationships relationship but are not sure if they know themselves well enough or if they do not know their emotional needs, if you don't know that, or you're not realizing it, what is your suggestion for them to to first do before starting to start dating?
1: Well, first work with a coach because the coach helps exactly with these things, right?
0: Yeah, of course, um, of course.
1: So yeah, I, I do a lot of activities with my clients when they're, mm. when they're in my program. I can share with you some of the things that we do. Um, one of them is is knowing what your personal values are, and that means knowing what is important to you and why.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And first, that has to happen at the personal level before you start going out there and meeting people, because mm-hmm. once you once you know your values, it helps with decision making. When you're when you're confronted with a decision, whether to do, you know, option A or option B, your values act as an anchor that you can put any decision up against and it makes becomes a lot easier to make decisions when you have a very small list of core values. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then from there, you know, there's, like I said, knowing what emotional needs you want met from our relationship. We, we tend to do this thing where we think that what we want is what everybody else wants.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's a very big mistake because I might want from our relationship, uh, someone who is, Very um, easy to talk to and trustworthy and someone I can, you know, come home to and have a quiet night, but somebody else might want someone who is, you know, wants to go on adventures and wants to meet lots of people and they want financial stability. Like there's lots of different things we want from a relationship before we even jump into the partner. Exactly. How, how, how did you find it this out for yourself? Um, A lot of, a lot of work on myself. Mm -hmm. And you know, the great thing with relationships is every relationship, whether it's a full relationship or even just a one night hookup, Mm -hmm. I believe everyone that comes into your life teaches you something because at the end of every date Mm -hmm. or hookup, you can ask yourself, did I like this? Do I feel good about what just happened? And if it's a yes, then you say, okay, great. What did I like about it? What did yeah. I like about that guy? What did I like about doing this? And if it's a no, then asking yourself, OK, what didn't I like about it, and what do I want next time? Yeah, yeah. But that's
0: that's, that's a very good, um, uh, I don't know if it's in English like that, but we in Holland, we say it's a very good bridge to the topic of, of this episode. Um, Uh, The topic of today is how to focus on Mr. Wright's rights without a distraction of his wrongs. Um, What did you think of that uh, sentence when I introduced it to you?
1: Uh, I laughed out loud because I think it's it's very well worded and we do so often get distracted with the wrongs. Mm -hmm. And yet we all say we want Mr. Wright, But, you know, after a few dates, we are generally really focused on what they're not and how they're not this and they're not that. And, you know, it, it takes away from the rights mm-hmm. of Mr. Wright.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm honest, I had an experience not that long ago. I um, had a date, like a genuine date, not at my place, not at his place, just in a cafe to drink, Uh, a coffee and to get to know each other and what happened was that we had a very good conversation and uh, we had a lot of common interests and we did a bit of flirting and I got a bit shy and when I when I get shy I know that there is something happening but in the end of the date I went home and he went home and we kissed and I found out that he wasn't a good kisser Mm -hmm. And if I'm really honest now with myself, I have not the intention to meet him again. And then I'm going home and I'm thinking and telling to myself, Alexander, he was a very cute guy. His interests were the same. He was vulnerable. He He was really nice. But that one kiss is taking it away. And that is something um, I think a lot of guys recognize, and we have to overcome right how how, how do, what do you think about this example for for instance
1: that 's a really good example, um, and I would say you you have to overcome it if you want to overcome it, so mm-hmm. it really boils down again to self awareness and how important being a good kisser is relative to the other things that you want in a partner. So you named that he was nice, you named that he was vulnerable, you had a good conversation, he was Absolutely. cute. Yeah, yeah so, so that's that's all in the good pile. But if it's very important to you that he's a good kisser, mm-hmm. then that also, that there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's no set of traits that are worthwhile, other uh, ones that are not, everything is special to you you could choose to say or you know you could meet someone who's like "Eh, you know what good kissing isn't really that important to me Mm -hmm. so I I would prefer to be with somebody who I can have really good conversations with and therefore I'm willing to not forget about that but I'm willing to sort of compromise on that and the other thing is with kissing you know as a first kiss they can usually be a little bit awkward sometimes but if you Do it more, you might be able to find some rhythm into it or you might find the intimacy and the connection improves the kissing. Exactly. It
0: is this. This was just an example what popped up in my mind, but I think there are a lot of um, a lot of men out there who are building up genuine relationships and they see a lot of rights and especially in the beginning when they're in love. But after a while. Um, it's getting more normal, and you will find out his wrongs, but what, how, um, what do you have to do differently in comparison to the other guys who are, uh, who are stepping out of the relationship and continue hooking up and going to parties and getting back to the lives they actually didn't want to do anymore?
1: well some well first of all some people actually like that kind of uh life and there's nothing wrong with that i want to that very, there too no right you're so, right
0: absolutely but this is just for the guys who who are struggling with this issue
1: yeah so i think it's important to what i have my clients do is we go through an exercise where we list everything every possible thing they could want in a partner right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the big things the little things it's everything so it goes from You know, they are intelligent, they can talk about work, they are a travel buddy, they share common interests, they're emotional, they're rich, like they have nice apps, everything, everything that Mm -hmm. you could possibly want. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when we do that, it puts a lot of pressure (laughs) on one person to match all of those things. Mm -hmm. So what I have them do is I have them narrow it down to five, the absolute must have five non-negotiables and i would say 90 percent of the time those five things most of them are um intellectual mental emotional things not physical
0: yeah that's interesting
1: most of the time obviously you want someone who you know uh like and and if you think about who you want you want someone who is going to be there for you in a year in five years in ten years someone that you really want to grow old with if that's what you're looking for and so when you think of it in the long-term and you think of, okay, what do I want my partner to be like in 10 years from now? You know, of course it'd be nice if he's still gorgeous and beautiful, but you, it's probably gonna be more important that he's kind and generous and respectful and all those other things. So mm-hmm. it really helps shift the conversation into more long-term thinking, mm-hmm. not short-term. Exactly,
0: that's, that's great advice, that's Thank great. You. I I um, read an article on your website um, about how to disagree, um, yes. and in this article you stated that we all are allowed to have our own opinion, but that our society has created an intolerance for anything we don't agree with. Mm-hmm. In in what extent do you also recognize this in relationships?
1: Yeah, it's very similar actually. I've never I never put that connection together. So thank you for. Reminding me of that. Of that.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Um,
1: yeah, I think I think, like I said, we're, we are very intolerant of differences these days, and you know, let's say in your case with your example, mm-hmm. this guy wasn't the best kisser. Actually, I would even I would even challenge you and say maybe he he is a good kisser, but that particular kiss wasn't very good. I would I would challenge you to maybe rephrase it or rethink about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But okay, let's say he wasn't, let's say he went on a few dates and, and all of the kisses were, were bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when you are confronted with a situation where there's something you don't like, it's really easy to focus on the, on the things you don't like. And it's really easy to focus on the things that we don't have in common with each other. Um, and so it's, it's fine to disagree, it's fine to not have shared values. And I think we need to embrace the uniqueness in each other
0: mm-hmm. as
1: humans, as partners. Like I used to think I wanted someone to be just like me when I wanted, when I, when I was single or I am single, but I used to want somebody who was just like me because I thought, okay, that'll be easy. They'll be just like me.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But then after dating people who were just like me, I thought they were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out I actually want someone who will challenge me to grow in a, in a respectful, mindful way, not Uh challenges me in a way that doesn't match me, Uh but I I learned that I actually like people that are different Mm -hmm. because that is what causes me to learn and causes me to grow. And for me, growth and learning is one of my core personal values, going back to what I was saying before.
0: Yeah. 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 Right to hear. um, Can you tell me more about your um uh, about a pivotal moment in your life which has given you important insights or changed things, yeah, changed things or changed you in a big way?
1: Um, I would say you know, there's been a few, there's always, there's always a few. Um, yeah, maybe relating to, to this topic to
0: to getting serious on what, what you really want in a relationship and where to focus on.
1: Yeah, I, when I broke up with my last boyfriend, it was maybe a year and a half ago, um, he was someone that I thought I was going to marry. I, you know, I, was, I pretty much chose him for my, for my life partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we broke up, I was obviously very distraught and very upset. Mm-hmm and i thought well then i'm not if i can't be with him then i'm not gonna be with anyone was sort Mm -hmm. of my attitude at the time and going through that heartbreak and that breakup i i really learned and looking back at like after a bit of time i looked back at the relationship and and kind of saw where the issues were and why it didn't work out and so going through any kind of breakup i would say especially if it's someone that you really love Mm -hmm. can really tell you a lot about what it is you want and why because so much of the time we think we know what we want um but we act in opposition to it shall we say yeah and that's that's what i was doing in that relationship and it didn't work out yeah so
0: you you acted different than you than you are is that what you mean
1: yeah so i i said that i wanted to be with him long term and, and all of these things and i wanted to get married and you know build a future together But my actions were not aligned with that. So I wasn't necessarily inspiring trust from his Mm -hmm. point of view. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't wasn't as committed as he would have liked me to be.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: my attitude at the time was, well, that's just who I am. Tough luck. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've now changed my stance on that to say, okay, if this is someone that I really loved and really did want to be with, then, you know, what I should have done looking back is have an honest open conversation about what he would have liked to see from me. And then I would have told him whether that was something I was willing to do for the sake of the relationship or not.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What,
0: what, what advice would you have given yourself nowadays to the person you were back
1: then? Um, I would say that connections like that don't come easily and Mm -hmm. You know, I think one of the one of the problems with dating nowadays, especially in a big city like Toronto, is we there's this illusion that there's so many options between
0: yeah
1: all the all those little squares on Grindr, all the swipes mm-hmm. on Tinder, all the apps. We think that there's so many people, and there's so many fish in the sea, which is mm-hmm. true, mm-hmm. but finding a connection on a, at an emotional, um, spiritual level is very rare,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that i would i would tell anyone including myself back then that when you find someone that you can really be yourself with and be vulnerable with to not give it up so easily and maybe try try everything you can to make it work now if it doesn't work it doesn't work and that's fine Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't have given up as easily
0: no exactly exactly i think amsterdam is is a, a comparable city to toronto um where you see this a lot and um actually amsterdam is a city on its own if you compare that to the rest of of holland is is it the same with toronto what do you mean like um uh, i think amsterdam we are it is like a village if you if you look to the gay community it is like um you know that face you know about their friends you know it's like it's like a community in a big city, but it's small, actually. Is that compar- comparable to Toronto as well?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, especially where I live. I, I live in the village in Toronto, so I'm, mm. I'm very well-versed in sort of all the people that I see and people, and I've lived here for 14 years. So I know a lot of the people here, um, whether it's like by hooking up or by going to bars, but it, it, it is uh-huh. much more of a, of a community feel within a city.
0: Uh-huh and for, for for those people in that community who, who who already knowing a lot of guys from the community or maybe hooked up with a lot of guys of the community, um, if they have the feeling like um, I know everybody already and um, I cannot get in contact with with other people um, what what would you suggest to them in their in their in their way of thinking? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I totally get it because I I was like that as well. And, you know, it's funny with me, my personal story is the the best relationships I've had have been with people who are not in this community. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier, how I would think that I wanted someone who is just like me. But it turns out I actually have stronger relationships with people who are who are not. Mm -hmm. So what I would tell people is that, you know, living in a in the gay village or in a gay community, you you're kind of in a very small, small bubble and we perceive that we think the entire world is this bubble we live in but it's really not no. and there are a lot of people out there who um, are gay and who want to find meaningful connections mm. and they are looking at it from a different point of view they're, they're looking at it from a point of view as i'm gay and i want to meet people but i have no interest in drinking or drugs or parties or there may be a bit uh, socially anxious or Mm -hmm. they don't like big groups, but they're still gay and they want the same things, Uh which goes back to my comment about having the same values. So it's more important to have shared values than perhaps saying, okay, I wanna, we both like going to the bar on Saturday and having a lot of fun and dancing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You could, like if I, like if you and I are dating and I like those things and you don't, Mm -hmm. we could still have a wonderful relationship together or I say, hey, Alexander, on Saturday, I'm going out to the bar, you know, and you say, great, okay, I'm gonna stay home and just do whatever you need to do.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I could find other friends to do that with. I don't need you mm-hmm. to become that person and, and end up, you know, either me resenting you for not wanting to come out or you resenting me for forcing you to come out. Mm-hmm. It's more so l- you can let each other be who you are and still have shared values.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great, that's, uh, that's, that that's absolutely true. Like if you, if you have a difference, differences accepted and respected.
1: Mm-hmm. I would say the differences that relate to something. Now it, it's very important that, you know, your core values, cause I would say, okay, let's say I'm one of my personal core values is a deep respect and uh, open communication. Mm-hmm. For me, that is a non-negotiable. It's one of my must haves. If you were very, uh, inexpressive and difficult to communicate with and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I cannot compromise on that. That is a hard no, but
0: no, exactly. I,
1: I would be okay with you wanting to stay home and being more introverted while I go out and party with my friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, um, um, you told me that one of the toughest moments in your life, um, was a heartbreak after a breakup and, um, you had a feeling of deep despair, shame, regret, and weakness. Um, big issues, um, but how how did you overcome that? H- what What did you do to to feel better and to become the person you are nowadays?
1: That's actually a great uh, it's sort of the reason why I am where I am now looking back at the time. At the time I thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, and in many ways it was, but now looking back, it is also the best thing that ever happened to me because that breakup, that heartbreak is what caused me to really look deep inside within myself and say, okay, something has to change, Michael. Something needs to change. What what am I doing wrong here? Mm -hmm. And it forced me to really look at my life and make some decisions about how do I want to live and who do I want to be in a year? Who do I want to be in five years? Who do I want to be in 50 years, right? I'm Mm -hmm. still young. Mm and then start acting in alignment with that, not with who I think I should be or who the culture wants me to be. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think what what I did is really dug deep within myself and started asking myself some tough questions and then learning what I was okay with and what I wasn't okay with and then creating boundaries around that. Yeah, yeah.
0: And how was that process?
1: Uh grueling and terrible. <laughs> it's um and the reason why is this. So I, I broke up with with my ex. Um, this was maybe five or six years ago, and I tried doing everything that I tell you to do. Like, okay, hey, go, you know, go back out, go partying, go find someone else, go hook up, go rebound, go drink with your friends, drink it all away, have fun. And I did all that and not, nothing worked. I was still no matter how many guys I hooked up with, no matter how drunk I got, no matter how many drugs I did. Um, I even went on a really nice vacation uh, to go clear my mind. And it, I, at the end of the day, I was still depressed and miserable. Uh-huh. So the, what I found out was I was trying to relieve my pain with external things, parties, uh-huh. drugs, liquor, people, whatever. And what I really needed to do, the answer was deep within me. Like what I really needed to do was look inside myself and change, change within me, not find something outside of me to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the key moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And stay persistence on, on that development.
1: Oh, a hundred percent consistency. Yeah. yeah. You can't, you can't just do it once and forget about it. But the great, the good thing about personal growth and development is Once you start and once you start to see the changes, it it is in its way, it it sells itself because the changes happen to you almost as if it's a miracle. Like all of a sudden things, opportunities start to open up to you. Um, People show up in your life that are meant to show up and other people fall away that maybe aren't the best for you. And it all happens very naturally. And that's how you know you're on the right track.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Proud to be out is a podcast for for gay men in their thirties who are facing challenges every day um, such as the challenges we discussed um, What do you think of this platform and and what do you what do you think I can offer listeners more
1: you know i think I think what you're doing is coming from a lot of pretty much the exact same place of of when I started my blog in twenty nineteen which was having a forum or a platform or a space just to talk about these types of things because so often they go unsaid and we we suffer in solitude. And so I think the fact that you are opening this up and you know eventually we'll be broadcasting to the entire world is a fantastic thing because more conversations need to happen and going back to connection once people can have these kinds of conversations it opens up vulnerability and vulnerability at the end of the day is what leads to more authentic genuine connections mm-hmm. between people.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And to see, and to, to, to hear and to witness that, um, the, the, the gay men who are facing these challenges are not alone and that you and I, we have and had our challenges as well. And we, we, we try to overcome it. And uh, I think it's very important to, to, yeah, to, to give them the opportunity to, to, yeah, to, to get inspired and to, to work on their challenges for themselves.
1: 100%. And what, what happens when you really start to dive into the, that work and really getting to know yourself and the self-awareness piece is you become a lot more confident in who you are. And I do an entire program about self-confidence and self-esteem. And it's amazing to me how many people have um, an idea of confidence that is not what confidence actually is.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, like what confidence looks like on the outside versus what it is on the inside are two very different things. And because
0: what, they, what, what are they thinking? What, what is the difference between having confidence and having confidence?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what it looks like on the outside is that you are... Able to do whatever you want, and you no know, one ever rejects you, and uh, you know everything, and you have everything, and people think that's what confidence is, but really, what I found it is, and what I've noticed um, in my own with my own work and my own clients is, confidence is nothing more than being willing to be afraid, being willing to be rejected, being willing to. Um, has your own back meaning having self-compassion and treating yourself with kindness it's not about never getting rejected because if if you never want to get rejected you're going to be living a life of fear because people will reject you no matter what at some point someone is going to reject you someone's gonna not like your podcast someone's not gonna like your blog someone's gonna not mm-hmm. like your face so confidence comes from the ability to say you know what i'm 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 okay with the fact that you don't like me I like myself and I' love myself who I am, even if i 'm not perfect mm. that 's mm-hmm. the other thing. People who are confident know their their strengths and know their flaws, and the act of knowing them makes them confident, whereas I think unconfident people try to hide their flaws by putting on some kind of mask of arrogance or beauty or wealth mm-hmm. or success or something they try to they try to mask it with something whereas truly confident people say hey i know that i'm not good at this but i'm working on it
0: yeah yeah beautifully said i think that's absolutely true like if you get rejected or or, like realize that that's okay and 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 that you can be happy with 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 someone else or with yourself and starts all with loving yourself first
1: yes exactly and i'll tell you how i came to that realization is you know, I have. I'm not very shy when it comes to meeting people at bars, and so mm-hmm. my friends would always ask me where, where, <laughs> why I'm so confident, and I'd say I'm actually not confident. Like I have a lot of insecurities. I just, you know, meeting people isn't one of them, especially in a gay bar. But it was because I I was not afraid of them saying no. I would approach a guy, and I'd think to myself, I have a 50/50 chance. He could say mm-hmm. yes. If so, great. If he says no. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to let his rejection mean no. that I'm a bad person. No, it's
0: better to. He's not into me.
1: Maybe he doesn't no. like guys with dark hair. Maybe he doesn't like beards. Maybe he doesn't like my body. Exactly. Yeah.
0: He doesn't yeah. know you yet, so how how can he know that you're not uh, huh? that 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 you're not um, a good guy? For example, like I I not I'm not explaining it right, but um, since he is just. Um, uh, um, he's just focusing on his first impression yeah. uh, and he's rejecting you. It means that he is not taking the time to get to really know you. And uh, as long as he didn't really get to know you, uh, it doesn't make sense to get to worry about it.
1: Exactly. Because I I don't need his I don't need him to like me to know that I am a good person. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a 50 50 shot. Like mm-hmm. I don't take it personally is what I'm no. saying. No. Um, no. And I think that's really where it comes from. Now, of course, I have my own insecurity and my own stuff going on, but I, I would never let a stranger dictate how I feel about myself. No. And that takes a lot of work. I mean, I wasn't always like that. Trust me. No. No. <laughs> that's,
0: that's, that's amazing advice. Um, I have one one more question for you, and, and that's for the for the listeners. What, what is your advice when it comes to 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 building up general relationships and to make it work like what we discussed how, how, how would you summarize it?
1: Oh, to summarize it, I would say, you know know who you are and, and love who you are, whoever you are you don't have to be um, the perfect figure you don't have to be into the same things as other people. I think an uh, attraction is, is energetic and people get vibes. So if I walk into a room, I will be attracted to the person who for me is, in, is authentically themselves. So if I say, oh yeah, I like pizza, they're not gonna, be like, they're not gonna pretend they like pizza too. <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, you know what? I hate pizza. I like these other things. So it it boils down to knowing who you are and really loving yourself first. I know that's the, you know, cliche from RuPaul's Drag Race, Uh but it's very true. Like you have to love yourself before you can let somebody else love you. Otherwise you're just letting them love a version of you that is not really who you are. You don't want, like we we want people to fall in love with us, but when we wear a mask, all they're going to fall in love with is a mask. Mm. And the trick is to really be who you are, flaws Mm -hmm. and all and allow someone to really, over time, be vulnerable enough to show them who you are and let them fall in love with you for who you are.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you so much. It, is, um, it, was, a, it was a great,
1: great episode. And um, how can people find you? Um, awesome, so they can find me a number of ways. Um, I've been very active lately on Instagram. So my uh, Instagram handle is wellismo underscore coach, W-E-L-L-I-S-M-O underscore coach. And uh, I also have a website, www.wellismo.com. There you can find my blog. You can find uh, what coaching services I provide. Um, but if you just want to chat and say hi um, and check out all my videos and my content, I'm producing content fairly regularly on Instagram, so that's probably the best way. Otherwise, I also have uh, a Facebook page and um, I'm on Pinterest and YouTube as well, although I don't spend too much time there, to be honest. So no. so
0: I, I'm sure people will find you and uh, what, what are your plans for the next coming years?
1: So right now I'm building up my coaching platform. So I am working one-on-one directly with uh, gay men who are interested in doing the personal development work that I was talking about. And mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. involves, you know, getting to know yourself, overcoming a lot of the challenges that have maybe helped people back from mm-hmm. living their best lives, mm-hmm. getting in touch with their values, overcoming their insecurities, stepping into their confidence. And so that's my uh, plan for now. Um, I really love the one-on-one work. I love. Um, working with people kind of where I was maybe five years ago. If I had myself, I would be a lot further, a lot faster. So my plan is to help people get there faster than I did.
0: Great. Great. And you, you give so much value and I think that's 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 the most important thing you can do. So beautiful. So thank you, Michael, for for your time. And um, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to see what what will happen with you and with Wellismo. So uh, we stay connected. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, looking forward
1: to it. I think you're doing amazing things, and I am sure that uh, you're going to help a lot of people in the same way. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: We. Uh, we, we just started and uh, let's see where it goes. I think um, I, it will be great to, to inspire uh, a lot of people around the globe.
1: Yeah, and if my experience is anything to go by, there's a lot of people out there who are looking for this right now. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.